Welcome everyone. Today is October 15th and this is what got our attention. I'm Mike. Uh, we have a lot of good stories today about cyberpunk, which I'm super excited about. And I'm also here with Brian. Yep. Definitely some exciting things to talk about. Uh, new dishwashers. Uh, I'm looking for a new dryer myself. Uh, oh, wait, wrong podcast. <laughs> it's an appliance podcast, apparently. <laughs> uh, we're also here with uh, with Bruno. What up? It's Bruno slash Demiron here to talk about more <clears throat> Sony and NVIDIA news. If you can call NVIDIA messing up news anyways. Shocker. Oh I know I'm surprised that we're we're talking about this again because this is some like basically what we he's like. It is news. <laughs> but this is but the next chapter in a very long book. I mean it's it it is news. The cat will snooze. Um, oh wow. Now so we'll we'll Seuss. talk about it. So yeah, speaking of dishwashers, apparently uh Demiran's got a new dishwasher. Uh, I, he said the last one broke and I asked him what happened. Why would you talk about himself that way? And uh, so now apparently <laughs> he's he's got a new dishwasher coming or here, I guess. Just ordered so, a new me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with the whole takeaway charge thing that it's totally like. If you actually look into like what it costs to dump some things off at the dump, especially large appliances, Oh, or yeah. to have them recycled properly, have paid the 140 or or sometimes you know 100 120 140 dollars for them to haul off that and install the new one. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's a convenience fee, but it's kind of worth it. It's worth yeah. it for me. <laughs> yeah, usually the wait, right? Fee. Still not the appliance podcast. I keep forgetting. We'll we'll, we'll get to that, Brian, and in, in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the dump fee for a mattress is like. 30 or 40 bucks just for a mattress. This isn't and the then, furniture podcast either. No. Eh, well, whatever. same difference. <laughs> if you got one of them foam mattresses, them's heavy. So a good thing. They just do a per mattress charge. And oh man. So I did want to touch on something that we talked about last week. Uh, maybe like a week before, but we were talking about the new uh, work from home hybrid model that a lot of companies are looking at. And we have an update. Basically, Microsoft has now implemented the work from home model that they were actually referring to initially that they were talking about. And uh, from what they've With said, the cybernetic commute. Yeah. What they said is uh, the new guidelines basically are going to allow Microsoft employees to work remotely less than 50 percent of the time. Uh, employees can also request approval from their manager to work remotely full time or even move to a new location with salaries adjusted based on geography. Uh, and they said that. Uh, they're expecting most of their employees to at least work from home until at least January 2021 until obviously the, the pandemic is uh, well still around, but they're going to probably reassess it at that time to figure out if they want to extend that or not. Uh, so, you know, as we were saying, this is something that a lot of companies are probably going to be start looking at. And a lot of companies I know, you know, personally with friends of mine that have like literally, you know, sold the buildings they, they work in and everybody's working from home now. And uh, and there's a lot of people who have lost their jobs over this kind of stuff. So it's it's a it's a, obviously a thing that's not going around uh, going away. And uh, and it looks like, you know, Microsoft's trying to evolve is what they said. They said, uh, you know, we shared guidelines initial uh, internally this week to provide options for our employees to plan ahead for when we can return back to the work safe uh, workplace safely. Um, our goal is to evolve the way we work over time with uh, intention guided by employee input data and also our commitment to support individuals, work styles and business needs while living our culture. Well, so. and yeah, you mentioned 
like the pay changes based on the geography and location that you're going to go to. Well, considering they're in Redmond, Washington, which yeah. is equally as bad as San Francisco in Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah. If you're going to be moving out of Redmond, Washington, you're taking a pay cut. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. Absolutely. They're going to work that in of like, well, your cost of living in yeah. Saskatchewan. Well, no, your cost of living in Maybe. Cedar, Cedar Rapids, Iowa is significantly less. So you're going to take, I don't know, a 20 K pay cut or something. But you're still working for Microsoft, getting all the benefits of working for Microsoft in a location that you may feel better. Maybe your family lives in Iowa and that you would rather if you could keep that job and stay at living next to your family, then that's an option. That's an option that most people didn't have before, which is is also interesting with this, the way that, you know, at this point you can look for a job anywhere. I mean, if you're looking for remote, you could literally instead of just looking at the state you live in, you can literally look at across the world, like wherever you want to, because people are mostly doing this now. Yeah. I mean, you might move somewhere where the air is better and it's healthier for you to live in. Yeah. That's not Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Well, uh, they got the Quaker Oats uh, company there. So like it smells like Captain Crunch when they're working on that particular particular cereal. That may not be uh, may not be a bad thing. Yeah, but I think I, mean, I think you're right about Saskatchewan. <laughs> clean air. No neighbors. I, I'm thinking that health care. No, anything. vaping Captain Crunch is probably going to be carcinogenous in the long run. Yeah, true that. They already have that flavor anyway. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed, yes, that there is a Captain Crunch vape oil. You know, there's a place here in Atlanta called Vape 911. I'd consider this an emergency. We can call them and ask them if they've got one that's flavored like Captain Crunch. I'm sure they do. I'm sure. I'm, I'm totally sure that's a thing. So uh, anyway, that, so the work from home thing, uh, there's an update for you. Obviously, this is something that's working uh, for some companies or at least going to try to attempt it. And uh, obviously, like it's just it is crazy. Actually, I read something the other day that uh, that uh, is it, uh, Royal Cinemas or Regal Cinemas. Sorry, Regal Cinemas Regal. is actually closing all of their locations uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. And basically until further notice. Uh, they had extended that from over the earlier this year. They closed them and then they reopened. And then based on they didn't say this was legit, but they kind of looked at the time frame of what was released and what's not being released. And well, because of the bond. new right, the new bond movie, we got pushed yeah. back. And then after that, they kind of like went, all right, well, we're closing. Uh, so that's kind of interesting how, you know, we're also seeing the effect of, of things that people usually do in public uh, are now also being affected. Yeah. So, well, there's other things that are done in public that uh, you would think would be affected, but aren't being affected as much. Uh, sure. When you go to Universal Studios, Florida or or Disney World or anything like that, that they're only letting so many people in and the line, you know, this six foot spacing which is really hilarious because anyone who has been to any amusement park knows you can have six feet between the person in front of you but you're going to pass within two feet when you go on the other side of the line going the other way. So I don't know. I don't know how they're handling that. <laughs> you just but, don't look at them and it doesn't count. But on, I mean, on top of that, the super Nintendo world at universal Tokyo is still opening up. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of other soon. countries have, have also uh, dealt with the pandemic a little better than others. So uh, they're, you know, like Wuhan's already back open. They were they were back open earlier since July. They were having concerts, major concerts, no problem. So, yeah. And 
there, there was another place, uh, basically out in, uh, I believe it's Japan. Kotaku actually reported on this where there's, uh, there's uh, this adventure amusement park. Uh, this is a great picture of this guy. Social distancing. <laughs> great. As he zip lines into a one to one scale replica of Godzilla's mouth. Oh, my God. Highly recommend people go out and check this article out. It's actually got a huge. little bit of video. And it you know shows like a tram ride that goes by the side of Godzilla and they got a little bit of the video of the guy zip lining the guy into Godzilla's mouth. This is still not technically opened yet. So all of this is kind of like pre opening and kind of testing it. But uh, clearly there's there's no other zip line person within six feet of this guy. So, I mean, he, he seems like he's doing pretty good for in the Rona economy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just in intrigued by the position that he's put himself in. <laughs> With his legs, I've never seen yeah, right. anyone zipline so spread. <laughs> like, That's is he trying to catch what... the wind to slow himself down? Like, Maybe. Maybe he wants uh, to enjoy every moment said. of it. <clears throat> uh, and it's really amusing because you know, you talk about lost jobs. And that that's the thing. And, and I don't want to make light of it. It sucks when we lose jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that people are put out of work because it changes in the economy, whether it's more robots in the assembly line or the road economy, uh, which is even worse than some of the others. There's always a, when you have changes like this, people are put out of work and that sucks. And I personally think that more money needs to go into, you know, helping people like that reeducate and, you know, giving them a chance to get another job. Uh, some companies, though, have been kind of taking it upon themselves in these times and thinking of different yeah. ways to come up with their money uh, to kind of bolster sagging profits. The airline industry, obviously, with Oof, the road economy, yeah. not people aren't excited to, like, put themselves in a metal tube with recirculated air with like 400 other people. Yeah. Who knows which of them might have coronavirus and infect just about everyone. So, you know, people aren't traveling as much and the airline industry is suffering because of it. Well, Singapore Airlines, who has had a huge losses, massive losses, uh, has decided, well, let's let's. We out of their 400 some odd flights, oh, excuse me, out of 220 planes uh, that were operating last year, only 32 of those airlines are current or the planes are actually operating. So they have all these planes sitting around. They're like, well, what can we do with them? We know. Let's turn them into <laughs> restaurants. Because that's what I want to do. You know, it's funny. It's just that it, it why it's working, I guess you could say. They sold that, out. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, we haven't said that yet, but yeah, that's part of the article. <laughs> uh, yeah, they sold out and I can see why. I mean, you know, traveling is a, is a huge deal for a lot of people, especially if you're in a, like a business where you do travel or if you're just a person who likes to travel a lot. And then, you know, riding in a plane is kind of like customary to you. And to for the fact that, you know, you can't really do that right now is one thing. So it's almost like a it's almost like a um, an amusement now to to be able to eat 
you know, sit in a plane and, and have your plane food, which obviously in this picture looks way better than any kind of plane food I've ever ate on an airplane. I uh, mean, so. it's it's clearly ultra first class and that's what they're selling it to. And, and they probably only sold their first. They they uh, they did, I think, three engagements of this and they sold out each one of them. So they're looking into doing it again. And but what you said rings true. That boggles my mind that you're going to pay a premium to sit down and have even first class airplane fruit. I mean, like, if anything, bring in an actual like five star chef. And yeah, they have to pay more for that. And, yeah. you know, that that cuts into the fact that they're trying to, like, recoup costs here for these planes not moving. But if you brought in a five star five star chef, you could charge full first class airline ticket prices for the meal. I mean, people would probably spend two, three, four thousand dollars to sit down and have like a four or five course catered, you know, you know, you got your flight attendants bringing you this meal on the, you know, stereotypical platter with the, you know, the, <laughs> with the uh, little domed, you know, lid top that they pull off. Right. And everything. Yeah. It has, yeah. And have an actual five, you know, five star chef meal uh, that you just kick out, you know, 30 copies of. I think they would still make some money that way, but it's it's just hilarious. Just yeah. uh, hashtag road economy. You know, said it before, economy, we'll say it again. Hashtag our life now. So that it was just obviously this is, you know, these things that we just find interesting and and it is something that, you know, we're all living in currently. And this is something we have to try to make light of because obviously it's, you know, it's affecting all of us. It's something that we really have to deal with every day, regardless if you, you know, believe it or not believe it, things are different. So it's just that you just can't live the same lifestyle that there was before. So uh, even a little small yes. hope of, of eating in an airplane <laughs> may interest some. So, <laughs> all right, let's get into the news, the actual news here. So let's see. All right. So, I mean, seriously, to get through the Rona economy. Everybody needs a cat snoozing on their desk while they work. Well, yeah. That's that's Sorry. the way it works. No, it's fine. Let's talk about some games. So we talked about Phasmophobia uh, last week as one of our game of the moments that we played. And if you're not familiar with Phasmophobia, Phasmophobia is a uh, a very simplistic sort of game. Uh, what it is is a it's a ghost hunter replication. So you basically play as a ghost hunter. You get to pick all the cool little toys and gadgets that they typically see like in your shows on TV. And then you get to go into a house and, you know, speak to the ghost. It has voice recognition. So you actually talk to the ghost and you uh, tell it nicely to, to turn the lights on or you tell it Adults. nicely uh, different things uh, if you're me. And then if you're not, then you can say provocative and, and really bad bad things to it as, as kill like to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a really neat game and it's kind of uh, what we had said before. <laughs> what we had said before was that, you know, at first we were kind of turned off because of the gameplay, the, uh, the, the mechanics of the game yeah. were very janky almost. And what we found as we started playing it, it didn't even matter. It was like, wow, this game is so captivating in the sense of the way they're doing the game that it just didn't matter anymore. The aesthetics completely overshadow the 
controls the weirdness of it, like being able to bend over backwards 90 degrees. Zeissy is yeah. like, what kind of weird dance are you doing? As yeah, I'm you're doing some weird like chest, 90 degrees dancing. Is uh, you know, all the you know, the, the little bugs, uh, because we've run into bugs already. The the aesthetics of just when a gurgling like groan positionally hits like one ear. Yeah. And you damn near shit your pants. Pretty much. I think Mudbutt said it the best that he was not going to play the game because his did not want his screen name to become literal. <laughs> that uh, I didn't hear about that one, but that's good. That was so, chat while you were playing. So anybody gotcha. can go back and watch your Twitch stream on that. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit more about why we played it again later. But the uh, the big thing to note about this, obviously, the game's important. We, we said that it's a very popular game. We've been playing it a lot. Uh, but Very it's popular. also blowing up on Twitch. So it's uh, this is a Polygon article, but basically uh, over and we checked it again today over the course of the last week or so. It's the sixth most popular game on Twitch uh, with over 6,400 channels streaming it. And uh, among that, it's also one of the top five played games, most played games on Steam already. Uh, and it's even got uh, people on TikTok doing uh, and do scares racking up over 11.5 million. And there's there's a slew of new people playing it, like, you know, famous streamers playing it, like playing with different clips they have. And uh, so it's crazy. And it's and we said before, it's like basically a development team of one person. And uh, and it was on Steam. Oh, God. For, uh, 13.99. And the the roadmap has been published now. They have like a, a website up. that They've got like their development roadmap. And uh, some of the things that you're talking about to come, which are uh, super exciting to hear about, is uh, three new new locations. Uh, one is including like a prison. I think there was a uh, I'll have to look again. Uh, I know a prison was one of them and there's two other locations they're trying to bring in. Uh, they're also talking about adding in a night vision uh, goggle, like a night vision thing you can use. Oh, that's uh, to ghost hunt, Which is a lot of like if you watch a lot of the ghost hunting on TV, that's what they, they have. Usually usually have night vision or some sort of night because that's one thing on the camera. And this one, if you play right now, the camera doesn't show you the night vision uh, on the camera as you're recording. So you can't really see what's in front of you as, as a lot of people have kind of complained about, but um, there's yeah, obviously a roadmap up. this shit up. Yeah. So you gotta be like camera. You gotta be like flashlight off and just looking at the camera screen because it's got the night vision mover. That, yeah. That'd be sick. So, and not to mention the other side of this whole game is it's meant for VR. So really it was designed for VR and I've never played in VR. Never will. I probably will play it in VR because that sounds terrifying already. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I mean, I may have to take up the mud butt name, but it's um, <laughs> it's it's definitely something that's really cool. They the development already looks like the roadmap is already being addressed for some of the bugs they're finding and such that some of those it's not really I haven't really uh, came across those, but uh, there's some other ones that have been. So um, I mean, anyway. good ones in VR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm they, sure there's they are probably legit. more there. <clears throat> Their website. This is this is Connect Games website. They are legit. Yeah. Putting whatever money they have a uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Kinetic is uh, better. Kinetic games. They're legit putting their money in the game and not in their website. This is all the website <laughs> is just this. That's cool. I mean, that's uh, all you really need. You don't really just sell the game, just play it and then you'll figure it out. Well, yeah. And I, Cause you, you talked about, you know, it was the sixth highest uh, recently right now. It's 11th uh, on Twitch right this minute. I just refreshed it. 47.4. Uh, K viewers, so a little bit over 47,000 viewers watching Phasmagor- Phasmophobia. 
I'm not sure across how many channels. I'm not sure if it's the 6,400 channels that they reported earlier. Uh, to give some sense of perspective, Among Us, which of course is Twitch's newest darling, right? Since mm-hmm. uh, it's at 85.9 thousand. So it's a little bit higher. Um, I don't even see Fall Guys talking about another darling, right? Yeah, and that would actually, they already came out with season two. Um, that just yeah, came out, I think, last week. Like, so Fall Guys is not even in the top, like, 30 that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Fall so, Guys suffered from releasing right before oh, here it is. got popular. Here it is. Fall Guys, 7.3 thousand. So that gives you a sense of perspective of, you got these, you know, Among Us was made by, like, four or five people. Phasmophobia yeah. made by, presumably, one person. Fall Guys was made by a team like their PAX booth was massive and they have a seventh of what Phasmophobia has. Overwatch. Blizzard's darling, right? 16.9 thousand viewers compared to the 40 some odd thousand. Dead by Daylight has more. Of course, it is October. It's Shocktober. You know, those types of games are going to be a little bit higher up. But even Dead by Daylight has 18.5 thousand more than Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, So it's climbing the charts there. So, I mean, with that being said, if you haven't played Phasmophobia, you you should definitely check it out. Like I said, it's $13.99 on Steam. Uh, If you have VR, go ahead, send me a video of you playing it. I would love to see your reaction to to meeting a ghost. (laughs) Uh, I would definitely like to do that. Maybe we'll even post it somewhere. Uh, Or even better... Send us send us emails uh, with links to videos of you punking your friends when they're like trying to check something out. You're flipping the light switch on and off on them. Oh, yeah, that happens to me a lot. (laughs) People do that to me. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, anyway, so Phasmophobia is great. Uh, Definitely check it out. It's definitely still blowing up. Um, We'll probably still continue to play it throughout the month. Uh, I would say I was even playing it again last night and uh, it's just it, it just I just can't get enough of it. I, I don't like scary games. I've said this before and I'm you know, I have to, I'm doing the whole Shocktober thing again tomorrow on Friday. Uh, but this game has something about it that I, I just yes, I have to keep playing it. And and don't yes. get me wrong. The part that I like about it is I get to play with friends so I can be in the room with them. And then if something starts happening, I can run out of the room really quick and be the guy in the van. And, uh, and that's leave me, me alone to die. But I am not going to be the guy going in there by myself with the camera in my hand. That's not me. That's just not. I'm not that's about me. that life. Yeah, that's that's usually Bruno or Demir. And he's in the, usually in there uh, screaming at the ghost, telling the ghost, uh, berating the ghost with uh, the the worst possible things he could probably say to them and really making uh, the, the ghost feel the ghost bad. To kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, um, I'm, I'm pretty insane in that game. I, I will give props to Demir and of like outshining me there. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see some ghost activity. <laughs> gotta gotta get out in the open to get those sick photos for that. Yeah. That's sweet money. Yeah. If it kills so, me once in a while, it kills me. So be it. Yeah. So, we so mentioned speaking the, of Among Us, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of that, we talked so about speaking Among of us. other darlings yeah. of Twitch and Yet another game that we were playing before it became famous on Twitch. Uh, both of these we did. Yeah, well, Fall Guys included, too, which it, is another you know, game. It, it pays to have a short attention span because we're jumping on these games before they become super popular. Right. Uh, Among Us, though, another darling of Twitch. Uh, definitely up there uh, higher right now than even 
uh, phasmophobia. So popular, in fact, and we said this previously, Among Us has been out for a long time. The, the game was released, uh, I think, nearly two years ago. Yeah, it was 2018. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly blew up on Twitch, so much so that the team who was working on Among Us 2 yeah. scrapped all plans for Among Us 2 and said, fine, in, instead of splitting our player base, you know, before they didn't have much of a player base, so they could go on to it too. Now they got this huge player base. They're like, okay, even though it is more work to rip out the guts and do the stuff we want to do, we'll go ahead and do that to Among Us. And it's starting to pay off. They actually have a beta update that's coming. Uh, you can, if you're on Steam, you can actually go to your game page and you can opt in on the beta and you can do these things. And they have uh, they don't have a list of what's going to be in the beta update yet. However, uh, a couple of the players have already figured out what's going to be in it. And some of the updates are going to include a colorblind mode uh, for the wire puzzle. And what they're doing there is in addition to having the wires be slightly different colors, they're also going to have shapes on them. And those shapes are going to, uh, you know, correspond on each side. So you don't even have to know the colors. You can just see that they're different shaped wires and get them connected. Now, there have been comments from those people that do have color blindness, which is a lot more prevalent than people think. Yeah. Uh, that they said, okay, that's great. But really what our problem is, is crewman colors that we're having. Because if you do stark primary colors like primary red and primary green, you're going to have mm-hmm. a colorblind problem. Yep. So they they were like, okay, that's great. Please. Although look at the crewman colors, no word back yet on that, but uh, at least they're make they're taking steps. Yep. Uh, they're also doing some updates to the task bar. I think this is a good update because you can change the task bar to be always on, which is what it normally is what we're used to. Uh, but you can also set it. So it's only on during meetings or never on. Now, this is a nice it, it seems like a completely useless change until you start thinking about how some people are starting to play this game like we're playing it in Discord. So no longer can we say in Discord, oh, I'm completing this task right now. Look, the task bar is increasing. That yeah. proves I'm not an imposter. That all goes away. So that allows people to play this game how they want instead of. Uh, in-game chatting, talk, you know, typing, which, you know, can be a little bit slower. Now you can actually get all together on Discord. Again, like Zycia was saying, like Mike was saying for uh, Phasmophobia, where he hates scary games, but he likes playing with his friends and talking to them. Among Us is very much a social game like that. So a lot of people want to play it in Discord. So this taskbar update is going to be very useful for that. Uh, They're also going to do Anonymous voting. So yeah, now you fun. can vote for people and it, it and again, these are options. All of these are options for the host, so they don't have to use them. Uh, at least for the last two I talked about, the color blindness should just be there. And that allows, you know, you can have this anonymous voting. So no one knows who you voted for. 
It used to be it'd show your little icon with your crewman color yeah. voting for a certain person. Yep. You're like, click. You're like, yep, that's red. Well, I already <laughs> said I'm voting for him. <laughs> exactly. So now uh, that's going to be allowed where it's anonymous voting, I think, is going to be very powerful because people chatting in Discord, even if you're playing by the unofficial rules that when you die, you can't talk in Discord anymore it still makes it a lot harder for the imposters. So this kind of balances it out a little bit so that, you know, it gives the imposters a little bit more of an edge if you're in discord. Now, if you're just playing a normal game with text chat, well, maybe, you know, you don't turn all these on because maybe it's already balanced enough there. Uh, but these are some exciting changes. Definitely looking forward to them. I think we'll probably have to do, uh, I mean, we got our game of the moment. We're going to probably, lean more towards Shocktober stuff this month, but on our unofficial get togethers, we'll probably play a little bit more among us and see what the changes are in the beta. Yeah, for sure. I can see that happening. So obviously uh, there's still more PlayStation news out there. PlayStation is still coming out slowly with a little little bit more information as we proceed forward um, till obviously their release. But uh, one of the things that we, uh, they actually came out and talked about again uh, recently was that there is going to be, uh, a list of games that are on PlayStation 4 that are going to be able to be played backwards compatibility on PlayStation 5. And initially, all we really heard is, you know, they said, hey, it's going to have backwards compatibility. And we're like, OK, cool. What does that actually mean? <laughs> and uh, so and they really still haven't said it, uh, but they kind of finally came out and said uh, most games are going to be able to be played. There's only really only 10 games that are listed that aren't going to be backwards compatible. Uh, and the list is these 10. And it, I'll I'll name these. I don't even know half of these, so I'll just I'll name them. But that's I mean that's like literally the games that that are aren't going to be available. So uh, the ones that are going to be backwards compatible is W uh, I'm sorry DWVR, uh, Afro Samurai Two, Revenge of Kuma Volume One, uh, TT Isles of Man, uh, Right on the Edge Two, Just Deal with It, Shadow Complex Remastered, which I do know that game. That game is awesome. I love Shadow Complex. Yeah, uh, Robinson the Journey, We Sing. Hitman Go, Definitive Edition, uh, Shadwin, and Joe's Diner. And other than Those that... bastards! They're <laughs> icing Afro Samurai 2? Yeah. So uh, the, the only well, one on Hitman the list... Go is, I don't know if anyone knows, but Hitman Go is kind of a puzzle, almost board game. And it's available on several other platforms. So Right, I would think uh, it's like no, a phone Not game too much almost. of a concern there. It's not the full Hitman game. Right. And then uh, the one of these games, the DWVR, is actually a PSVR game. So it's it's not even just uh, a regular PS4 game. It's something that you'd have to have a, a, a you know a console for the uh, sure. VR platform. So it is good to see that they're they're you know, they're saying that, hey, a lot most of our games other than 10, I mean, out of their whole library, 10 games are the only games that are going to be able to be played on the PS5, which is good to see uh, as compared to you know some launches where like even the Xbox one didn't have a whole lot of backwards compatibility. And, and obviously, backwards compatibility has been a big thing even since, you know, the PlayStation 2 came out. It was always like, you know, can we play PlayStation 1 games? And they were like, yeah, we'll be able to do that. And it was like, oh, we really can't do that. And yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. So well, uh, it's good to see that they've done e- that. Even though PlayStation 5 is not going to play PlayStation 3 games. That's it's pretty impressive, though, that they've only got like 10 PlayStation four games that are not forwards compatible. And, and they, and they have said that the, the ones that are forwards compatible 
won't necessarily be 100% compatible. There might be some issues here and there, but that's fine. I mean, if you look at like the Xbox One to the Xbox Series, any game that was 100% Kinect or at least re completely reliant on the Kinect is automatically not going forward. Yep. And I would wager there's probably more than 10 of those. So kudos to PlayStation 5 for the, the four to five backwards compatibility. That seems pretty awesome. But the questions that people have been coming up with is, how how do we do this? Like, I have this right now and I'm planning on buying this. What what how am I going to move my game forward? And they've already released uh, right on PlayStation blog. They have answered your questions. <laughs> they have talked about. A number of things, the most. Important, of course, is how do you move your games forward? So they said for the PS5 digital edition, that's, of course, the console that does not have the HD Blu-ray drive in it. No optical drive. They said any of your digital versions of your PlayStation 4 games will just be forwards compatible to the PlayStation 5 digital console. Of course, accepting the 10 that we just talked about. Uh, they, they said... Any games that you purchased or plan to purchase via PlayStation Store on PS4, PS5, web, or PlayStation Mobile app will move forward. They did say flat out, since there is no disk drive, you won't be able to play your PlayStation 4 disk-based games on the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. Now, that sounds perfectly logical to me. Yep. Still worth saying. <laughs> Yeah, some people just don't get it. <laughs> uh, of course, when you go to the PlayStation 5 that does have the Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive, that's a mouthful. Uh, of course, you can play your digital editions and you can use your physical PS4 game discs right in the console. Now, we'll say, just like any of the consoles, that both this generation currently we're in and the next generation, the optical drives aren't fast enough to play the games. So when you put the disc in, it's going to install on the hard drive and uh, whether solid state or spinning PS4 or PS5. So it'll install on there and then you'll be able to play your game. So uh, if, if you have an extensive disc library of PlayStation 4 games, the recommendation would be get the disc-based full PS5. Makes sense. They do talk about some other things. They talk about PlayStation VR backwards compatible. They say, in general, yes, it's going to be backwards compatible. Um, the DualShock 4 wireless controller or PlayStation Move controllers and the PS5 or PS camera for the PS4, which is sold separately from the PS5 console. Also, the PS5 HD camera is... Uh, so those are the things that you need along with some adapters in order to play the PSVR for PlayStation 4 games on PlayStation 5. They specifically do state that the PlayStation 5 HD camera is not compatible with the PSVR on the PlayStation 5. So as you can see, there are a number of caveats here. But the nice thing is if you already have 
PlayStation VR for your PlayStation 4, a lot of that's going to carry forward to PlayStation 5. You might have to get a dongle to be able to like plug the camera in or something like that. But, you know, you're going to have some compatibility here, which is going to be very important yeah. to a lot it's of better people. than having to buy a whole thing, like a whole new item. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it's a lot of different news. There's other questions and answers that are on that PlayStation blog for that. Highly recommend that if you have an extensive PlayStation 4 library and you're concerned about any kind of backwards compatibility, please go check that out. It is going to be, in fact, uh, when I post this on YouTube, I'll post the link to this particular one since it is that important in our description. So please go check that out uh, if you're interested and uh, get yourself better educated on it. Cool. Sounds good. Um Another story that came out for Sony, which some people are pretty loud about, um, <laughs> is that, uh, go ahead. What's that? I said, it's always those people. There's always people that want to always those people. make memes. Um, people. It's a story that I guess, in my opinion, is being a little blown out of proportion, but um, uh, the 8.0 update came out for PlayStation. And with it came a slew of issues, which are valid, that are causing a lot of problems for PS4 users. But one specific thing is that um, people are getting warnings stating that their voice chats, party chats, um, can be recorded. It's like a little little disclaimer when you join parties now. It's like, hey, by the way, whenever you join a party chat, um, you're chat may be getting recorded which a lot of people um took into the context that sony is uh taking the liberty of recording everything you're saying and and saving it somewhere like they're invading your privacy or something it's not actually anything like spooky like that what you know sony has already come forth and clarified is that on the ps5 there will be a feature that will exist um as far as is being told now will be permanent it's like actually something they intended for um, which allows people in parties to record the audio in the party chats to use in case they decide to report on somebody who's in that party chat for offensive behavior or whatnot. Um, so it has it, it makes it makes a lot yeah. of sense and is something that um, a lot of competitive games are have discussed leaning into previously that have voice chats built into them because um, it's almost like a liability if you have a voice chat built mm-hmm. into your system or your game. And people are saying inappropriate things, whether they be discriminating against somebody, just racially charged, things like that. These are things that they want people to be able to do so that they can report it. So the idea behind it and what Sony has kind of alluded to is that if you were to be in a party with somebody and they were to be saying something inappropriate that they should not be saying and being abusive, you could turn on the recording, record the chat, and then submit that as a ticket to have that person's chat reviewed and have them potentially uh, banned or at least suffer some kind of penalty for what they did. Um, so if you've heard this story and all you heard is that Sony's stealing all of your information and Papa Sony is going to be saving all your voice clips for their own use, then you're that right. is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, and I think one of the important things too is, is it's not necessarily the case on PlayStation 4. It's mostly there if a PlayStation 4 player happens to be in a game that a PlayStation five player is on because they're going to have cross generational play like that, which again, kudos to them for doing that, uh, that 
yeah, this new, and I applaud the new feature. Uh, this, there are so many people that will just turn off voice chat because it is so toxic. Yep. When we're supposed to have something that we all love playing these games. So why don't we celebrate it together? Yeah, usually like, it's just the high pitched squealing, screaming when I first join. I'm like, oh, OK, yep. Turning that off. <laughs> Those has voice. Well, I turn mean, that, off. <laughs> that would be preferable compared to yeah. some of the racist and homophobic and crazy True. ass vomit spewed out by some of these people. And now when like if you get that and you can just say, well, I'm just going to record this stuff and report you. So instead of before where you reported somebody for harassment or for whatever, and they may have had the recordings because I mean, it's no secret that some of the stuff is being recorded by both companies. Yeah. But they, there is only so much they're going to be able to record and so much they're going to be able to save. So then it becomes, he said, she said, so instead if they shift this and I would love to see this from Microsoft as well, I would love to see Microsoft step up and do the same thing. But if you could just have it, so you record the person, have it doing that and say, here it is. And, you know, be able to have some accountability for some of these people doing this stuff and bring down the ban hammer on these people. Then maybe more people would be talking on voice chat. And again, get back to celebrating the fun of games. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's always the, the reason most people don't implement it is because it's something that so many players or com- other companies in general can take in uh, and twist to make it sound really almost kind of evil. Like, we're just <laughs> like, they're like misappropriating your voice chats for things. Um, right. But like, I wish, like, Valorant, I really had a lot of fun with Valorant. The voice chat in that game is the most, to- I mean, I'm not surprised. Remember, Valorant is a game released by the same company that made League of Legends, which has housed the most toxic gaming community Oof. to ever exist for Outside now like of a maybe decade. Dota. Uh, it's it's so bad, and it transferred into Valorant instantaneously. I have mm-hmm. never heard a, as toxic a voice chat as I have in Valorant, um, period, in my life. And the only way that you can really get people, and they do ban people, is if you have your own recordings a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you're submitting your own replays and things like that. So yeah, having it built into the system, nice. you have any built in the system is going to be great. Okay. The, so let's get well, away from this on, negative talking. Well, no, one last thing I will say, okay. I applaud for rocket league. For example, I say onyx cause there's a huge toxic base in that too. And trust me as a, as a rocket league player, most of the time I either ignore chat or I turn it off and I, or I just don't even respond, but there uh, they'd finally implemented. This was uh, last year, year before, but they had implemented a report feature where you can report basically the chat that's in the top left. Like you can actually report the chat and you can report the person for saying whatever. And it just basically sends a snippet of your conversation to psionics nice. and, uh, and lets them know. So as soon as they, and it's fun because sometimes I like to bait them. Like they'll say, cause they know that if they type certain words that they're going to get banned, like they'll get banned. So right. back in the day it was like KYS, you know, the, the whole kill yourself thing. It was like, Oh, we can't do that. So now I'm going to type, you know, I'll type uh, K. And then you'll just keep spamming chat with K or uh, KKS. And it's like, you know, it. and I'm like, so I'll start baiting them and I'll be like, I'm sorry. What does that mean? What is what is KS? Like what? It? And they'll be finally like, get so angry. They'll just come out and just say this word vomit 
And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I hit the button. And then uh, the, the best part about it is when you log back in, usually the next day, there'll be a warning message as you walk and as you log into Rocket League and, stuff, and it says, uh, you know, due to your swift actions, like in your reporting thing, like we have, um, we have banned a player for, for what you've like reported. And I was just like, yes, like that's that to me, <laughs> that's justice. But it's just, it's so ridiculous to have people just, because they're on the internet, you know, being anonymous, they just want to be able to say and do whatever. And a lot of it's immaturity too, I feel. But it's just, it's so ridiculous <laughs> that we even have to have these features because of people just, just not wanting just to be nice. Like it's, it's a video game. I mean, come on. Justice entrapment i mean uh i'm not here to judge all i know is i'm here to twist us and turn us away from this toxic toxic and negative conversation to a more positive conversation that's right it's what we've all been waiting for it is zeisius cyberpunk 2077 weekly update I'm waiting for one that you do that. You lead it up to it. And then you say, like, it's time for Demurin's new washing machine <laughs> or something like ridiculous that has nothing to do with it. Uh, so that first off, clip that out now when I put this on YouTube. Yeah. So the before I get into the Night City Watch review that they did have come out today, I was looking for a mouse recently and I actually bought a new Razer mouse, I a new uh, Viper Ultimate. And of course, as soon as I saw that like, I bought this, then I see this article. Uh, so they actually have Razer has made a cyberpunk mouse uh, for this. And it's basically just like the original Viper Ultimate, except it's obviously yellow, uh, has all the nice uh, cyberpunk features. Uh, it also it says uh, they offer super stable wireless performance. It's 25 percent faster than the other wireless tech available is what they say. Uh, and then also, you know, the sensors, the DPI, everything is just, you know, awesome and fast and great. And I was just like, man, it even comes with the dock. It's like yellow. And of course, I already bought my mouse. Uh, and then as I kept reading the article, uh, I find out that it's exclusively available only at Razer store for one fifty nine ninety nine. But it's already sold oh, out God. As, as we've already mentioned that this is as the posting was said. So I can't be too upset. It doesn't even I can't even get one right now, uh, at least from the store. But uh, this is an option. So if you are a cyberpunk fan and you want to be able to play the game with the mouse and if it's available before November 19th, you can get it. So I guess I don't feel so bad that the yellow is so close to the, your green similar list <laughs> that it's keen as a chroma key. And it's got. The oh, right. Through it. Yeah. So the other news. So the Night City uh, Wire City episode four came out today uh, and they touched on a couple different things that we've been kind of curious about. Uh, obviously, we we're just kind of getting any little piece of chew thing mm -hmm. we can get. So the top news from this, I'm going to spit it out first, is Stadia fans rejoice. It's going to be coming to Stadia on November 19th. So same day release. And I'm kind of saying this sarcastically. I'm going to get this out of the way. But basically, it, they, they've announced they, they said it originally was going to be on Stadia. But now they're saying it's going to be released the same day as everything else, which is, you know, fantastic. Great news. <clears throat> Can't wait to not play it on Stadia. When we publish this video, <laughs> can we like cut a little bit of silence and put some cricket sounds in right after you said that? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, sure. I'll do that. I'll pause the video and I'll put that in for the for the for the Cyberpunk 2077 update of the week <laughs> snippet that I'll do. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So uh, the big news they talked about today in the Night City Wire was that the different type of vehicles and they went to uh, different uh, pieces of the vehicles. Uh, but basically, they have um, four different classes. Essentially, there's a, a normal class where you can have like your normal station wagon esque type of cars, like your little Ford Pintos, which all these Boring are obviously class. Uh, all these are, you know, futuristic style type of cars. Uh, and then you have your sports class, then you have your armored sports class, and then you have like your luxury vehicles. Uh, so, you know, there there's a different sense there. The other neat thing Hypercar. they mentioned is uh, they have a lot of different data, like all the in interior of the vehicles are also custom. And the way that they just said that this in the in the way that they presented this today was almost like it's RNG like how Borderlands does for weapons, but it does for cars. So they said like every single car is like unique in its own way, whether it's the out the exterior or the interior, everything is completely custom. So, you know, one car is not the same as the other. And then also they mentioned that you'll be able to basically purchase cars that you like. Uh, you'll be able to, uh, they didn't say modify them at this time, like customize them, but they did mention that there's different types of cars and cars. Some cars have some things, features that some don't. So, I'm thinking there'll probably be some sort of customization there, too. I don't know how deep that may go. Uh, I don't know if yeah. they're going to get to like the Grand Theft Auto 5 level where they, you can really just customize everything. Uh, but right. they also showed that, uh, you know, all of that being said, that there's also the the uh, the aspect of using these cards can depend on the, the type of like area that you're in. So maybe for some missions, yeah. you may want to use a, a bigger vehicle, like a dump truck style vehicle. Um, whereas in others, you may need to use a, a sports car or something. Uh, well, I think one of the important things, too, about the, you know, kind of the procedural generation of these cars is it's not like the Borderlands guns on guns, shooting guns, like completely <laughs> random guns, blah, guns, blah, guns. No, th this is what, what they're doing is they have a make and model of the car and that make and model of the car. In fact, it was just on the video there just a second ago that if you purchased it new from the dealership, then you have that new feeling car, but it could be that same make and model uh, right. perhaps was uh, junked and used by somebody in the borderlands. And then they strap things on the outside and they put solar panels on top and they mod it and change it. And it's like maybe rusted out a little bit and the interior looks different too. So that was one of the things that they really paid attention to was not just, not just, having you know, like just random changes to these cars, but rather that they had Character. story elements that are tying into the cars, uh, including like where it has been used recently and stuff like that. Granted, you're not going to have like some like log to look at anything like that, but it's still very interesting that they are putting a little bit more thought into it and not making it pure RNG. Yeah. And they also mentioned, obviously, with sports cars, people asked, well, will there be racing? And the answer was, yes, there will be racing. There will be different uh, races throughout uh, the whole map. So not just in the city doing street races, but also in the like the, the outer lands, they said, like they're going to be doing some of like the off road type of type racing. So that's also interesting. Uh, the other thing they mentioned during the city wire today was that uh, the style, the different styles that people will have. Uh, so there's obviously the, the futuristic style of like the cyberpunk look like the pink and the yellows and the oranges and stuff like that that are going to be used. Uh, but there's also going to be more of like uh, a militaristic. Uh, so the neo militarism that they're going to have. They're also going to have uh, the 
the other style to where it's like uh, more like modern style kind of dress. And there's other one other one I can't remember exactly. But the, the point is that they're they're saying that you know, they've actually taken Neo the Kitch. time. Yeah, Neo Kitch. They're, they're going to take the time to basically, you know, have different styles that, you know, because in the night in, in Night City, there's obviously different, um, you know, different groups of people, different types of areas inside Night City. So that all these different people that depending on where you go, you'll definitely see different, you know, trends, like different things that are happening, depending on where you're at. So the, and story based trends, there's reasons why these different stories came about for but whether it's the corporate wars or uh, after the corporate wars where CEOs really wanted to show their style different from other people. Uh, yeah, they they really go into these like four different styles. You know, the, the kitsch, the neo kitsch, the militaristic, the, the I don't see what it is because subtitles are in the way. I actually have it up right now, uh, but they, they have story reasons why these styles exist. Yeah. And then the other thing they touched on with the cars is that obviously they had to do their own audio for the cars. So they had they, they literally uh, had their team, their audio team go out and deal with um, some of the uh, famous racer uh, out in Poland and actually went to a track and they did, you know, they set up an audio team. They said they had to kind of hire an audio team to help them because there's so many cars and so many sounds are trying to get within the time frame that they had to just kind of get other teams to help them. But basically they, they, they're going in full steam ahead, like literally, you know, miking the insides of the engine, miking the outside, the external, like the mufflers. And I mean, everything is being miked and they're, and they're doing all the different testing to really get what was something was interesting. They mentioned the combustible engine sound. They wanted to be able to say, say that it was a combustible engine. Like you can hear that sound. And so it's interesting because obviously cyberpunk is futuristic, but at the same time, they don't want just electric cars. They want to have like the, the actual gas engine sound. So that was kind of cool to see that that's what they're going with it. Uh, there was one other cool little neat thing. And I think uh, think you want to talk about it, Phoenix. Absolutely. That is they showed. Johnny Silverhand's custom car and this man, he's a rocker boy. He's a rocker boy that was very uh, anti-war, uh, but he does get involved in the corporate wars and ends up dying, uh, by the hands of Adam Smasher. And he has this Porsche and they have it in the, they have it in the game. It's the whole front of it is kind of stainless steel silvered, kind of like his silver arm. Uh, it's got red, uh, like one of the colors of his rock band Samurai, uh, along with other colors. And it's just this amazing Porsche. It is a 1977 Porsche 911 that is owned by Johnny Silverhand, dead by the time we play the game, but can be found in the game. So at the time of the game, it will be a 100 year old car that you can drive. So super excited about that. Yeah, that looks really dope. That, um, uh... I don't know if you have a screenshot of that one, but it, you can look it up online. <laughs> it's it's super neat. Uh, it's part of the Night City Wire. They, they talk about it in there. So with that being said, uh, we're going to take a small break. Uh, listen to a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. And we're back. So we're going to get into a little bit about what we've been playing recently uh, and our game of the moment this week. So we played game of the moment this week. We had Dead by Daylight, which we kind of mentioned earlier. <laughs> And Dead by Daylight, if you're not familiar, is a 
I don't even know how to classify this game. It, it's a multiplayer game. There's uh, basically four survivors and one hunter, one demon, one, uh, you know, enemy. It's essentially an asymmetric game where first person, not shooter, but yes, uh, where you have a killer, uh, usually killer. out of popular media like yep. Michael Myers or Jason or someone like that or Jason and hunting again, asymmetric because they are much more powerful than the players hunting up to four other players that are typically your fodder in a slasher horror flick. Right. And, and the way to play the game is basically there's a map that you start off on and each map, there's generators around the map that you need to uh, enable. And then once you get those generators enabled, you can unlock the, the main gate to escape. Uh, and meanwhile, while you're doing this, basically the hunters out, the killers out there looking for you. And there's a couple different powers they may have, depending on the type of enemy they are. Uh, and then as you as just a survivor, you're just trying to not make noise. And there's things all around the map that make like if you run past a bunch of birds, they'll make noise. Uh, if you're trying to fix a generator and you mess up, it makes a loud pop. Uh, so it kind of gives away your location. And uh, it's really it's a really interesting game as far as teamwork, because as the four survivors are alive, uh, obviously you're trying to to lure the hunter, the killer away from the others so they can work on things. But at the same time, you're trying to work on getting all of the generators up and running so you can actually leave. And uh, and like you said, the killer is definitely more powerful, so he can he can run faster than you. Uh, there's a couple things you can do to try to deter the, the killer from behind you by like throwing like pallets in the way and different things like that. Actually, there's a there's a neat clip we posted on YouTube. Uh, that you can check out oh God. Uh, our, our gameplay on that. So I'll let you see that it's on YouTube. Um, but it's the, amazing. The ultimate uh, goal is to obviously to escape. And as the killer, the ultimate goal is to kill everybody. So that uh, that was the game. Uh, our experience. I'd played this game before. I hated it. I had played this game before. It was a couple years ago. And it's uh, the biggest complaint that we've had was that it doesn't seem like they've done a whole lot to the game since I, I even played it like two years ago. Um, they've added that's some features. That's not my biggest complaint. Oh, that's my, my biggest complaint. My biggest complaint is that every time I touched a key on my keyboard, my character froze. Yeah. And I was like easy pickings for like the main guy because I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. I would walk two steps, freeze. Yeah. Walk two steps, freeze. And I had if I looked around with my mouse, it was perfectly good. Smooth as butter. Super fast frame rate. No problems ends up and I actually looked this up so I could probably play it and have a better time. Now <laughs> I, I still kind of recommend playing this for Shocktober. If you got a group of five, I think it'd be fun even if it hasn't been updated recently. But uh, my main problem was that the razor synapse software, if it's touching a keyboard type device conflicts with the game. So I think though, Everybody, almost everybody complained about the fact that when they exited the game, it caused their mouse to be super like slow and jerky for a little bit. A couple of people complained about that. I don't know if <laughs> I, that didn't, I didn't have that experience either, but the uh, ultimately I definitely had that experience. Yeah. You know, we played yeah. it for a few rounds. Even uh, Phoenix actually backed out and we had someone else join us. So we continued because um, to play as a private lobby, you have to have five people to play. So it's kind of like, you know, everybody's in or we're not in. And uh, you can play online. There's options for online mode, but I didn't. We were trying to keep it local, I guess you could say uh, the you know, it, we played it for our game of the moment. The whole idea game of the moment, right, is to see how much of attention we can we can pay attention to one game. And usually it's, you know, one night and we play it and we move on. 
This game didn't even make that. We played it literally, I think, two, three rounds. And before it was over, our friend Secret was like already pounding our ears with, why don't we play Phasmophobia? Why don't we play Phasmophobia? Well, why don't we play Phasmophobia? Well, let's, you know, let's, let's give it the benefit of the doubt. He was already asking for Phasmophobia before <laughs> we even touched Dead by Daylight. He wanted nothing to do with that game. He just wanted to get in the house and get tortured by some ghosts. So that was what he wanted his night to be. Yeah. I, think I mean, Dead by Daylight is a fine game. It has more technical issues than I think it should at this point in time. Yeah. But in that in that very short span of time, I had some of the funniest moments I've experienced. Oh, it was playing funny. games. In a As while. I said, YouTube clip. It's online. And, you can watch it. Yeah, and and we're not gonna kink shame for Secret Asian Man here with him wanting to get messed up by some ghosts. But uh, hey, again, all of us said it. It's Shocktober. Go check it out. It's not all that expensive to pick up. Uh, it has some. Uh, if you have Xbox Game Pass, and I know we keep talking about that, but it's free on there. Yeah. Uh, whereas Steam, it costs a little bit. Steam, it's uh, uh, $19.99 currently. So it's still not too bad. You can pick it up pretty it's cheap. It's not too bad. Yeah. If you got a couple of friends that have Xbox Game Pass, and it is cross-play between those two. Right. So if you have the, someone that's just going to buy it on Steam and someone that gets it free, they can play it. Just tell them to turn off the <laughs> Razer Synapse software. Yeah. To add to that, it's crossplay across everything. So, oh right, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. For everything which except is, for mobile. So PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, you name it, you can play yeah. it across all. So if your friend has it on Switch, do it up. Yeah, yeah, and that's still rare these days. So take advantage of it and have a fun scream with this because it there's it even I who couldn't play it during the session that we did still saw some of the fun in it and just watching, you know, someone hide in a locker and there's three lockers <laughs> and then seeing someone else run into the room and hide in the locker. And then the monster has a two thirds chance of picking the right <laughs> locker. I guess that clip on YouTube. The you can wrong check it <laughs> locker. Oh man. And then both the survivors run off. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it looks like there's some good tense moments it looks like there can be some fun. It can have some scary moments, too. Yeah. The the game of the moment aspect, like I said, short attention span for us. Uh, we obviously didn't even play it the rest of the day. Obviously, we probably would have finished it out if Phoenix was working. Uh, his computer didn't have issues with it. But um, ultimately, eh. we went back to Phasmophobia. And uh, I will say, obviously, the game is still a lot of fun. Um, but it's it's weird how the, the RNG of that game works, like depending on the ghost that you find, because the last two nights that I played, I said I played last night, also played Tuesday uh, with you guys. And both times we've we encountered very light ghost, like we've we encountered Super poltergeist mild. and just spirits. So like nothing like we really had like Demirian had to provoke. I mean, this ghost, like, like I mean, they he provoked the, the shit out of him just to get him to do something. And, and then, you know, finally, you know, got killed. But uh, the last two nights have been like that. And usually, like, you know, the weeks well, we've been we playing before had, that have been crazy. We even had a wraith the other night. Yeah, and it was very light. They're supposed to be super deadly. And either like none of us died or only I died. One yeah, or the I other. think it was one person. I will say yeah. on uh, I think it was me Monday night. Uh Maybe Monday night. Yeah, I think it was Monday night. I played with another group and uh, we actually saw 
a really scary grudge almost. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was a mare maybe, but it was crawling on the ground. So like we were in the school, we were nice. all the way, we come up the stairs, we turned around and yes. we were making our way. We already went five, like five minutes downstairs and we were upstairs trying to look for it because we couldn't find it yet. And we got upstairs and we started hearing stuff and it went to 10 and our flashlights are blinking. And all of a sudden we see this little creature like crawling on the ground, like coming at us like as wow. fast as we can. And we're like, holy shit. Like, we're like, what is this? And it's like grudge sounding. And I'm like trying to take my camera to try to take pictures of it. I ended up dying. And then, uh, and then, you know, I found out where the ghost was. Like, it was where he was hiding or she was hiding. But uh, yeah, it was like a grudge and it, it was super territorial. As soon as they came upstairs it would start hunting them. Like it didn't matter. They hit the stairs. Wow. It would start coming. It would come all the way out of their room, almost like a, a, a army ant and come all the way down the hallway to try to attack them. And uh, they finally just gave up. They were like, there's no way we can even get close to the room. So we have to just, just give up. I, I think that's the staying power of this game so far, aside from the fact that it, it's hitting big in October. That's, I mean, perfect timing, but the variety of the ghosts where you could have multiple sessions where you like just get in and you get your evidence and you get out and no one dies and and sometimes doesn't even see the ghost. Yeah, we've had that happen where we've identified what type of ghost it is and haven't even seen it. And then the <clears throat> next time we're like almost everybody dies and you've got like 14 scare moments of like this thing walking at you, crawling at you, or coming up behind you, or appearing like on the other side of the room and then suddenly in your face and. Uh, the the variety of it still is excellent, both playing and just watching people lose their shit on Twitch or YouTube. Yeah, just absolutely hilarious with this. People screaming, like throwing their headphones off. And yeah, the other uh, thing. Yeah, this. Well, I said is that they had developers like the developers already kind of looking at fixing things for a roadmap. The other thing that I meant, I forgot to mention earlier was that they are actually looking at potentially having a game mode where you are the ghost. So like you can have a team of people Ooh. playing and then you can potentially be a ghost to interact with them. So whether that'll be implemented, we don't know, but that's something they are looking at. They're considering it's on the it's on the roadmap board, like the pin board they have. Yeah, so. I don't I, know if that'd I, work, I, but. Yeah, I almost think doing it into an asymmetric game like that. I mean, some asymmetric games work, some don't. You had that monster hunting game that came out. Evolve. Oh, yeah. Evolve. Yeah. Was. Evolve was fun. I right. enjoyed that. That a lot of people like Evolve suffered from the issue that everybody wanted to be the monster. Yep. So if you loaded with a uh, uh, randos, which let, let's let's be honest, in a game like this, you getting together with a party of five is not the norm. Yeah. The norm is you got randos out there. Yep. And you're matching with people. And uh, it, the whole thing that Evolve suffered uh, from was you'd have these parties of randos and someone wouldn't get to be a monster, so they just quit the yeah. f out, yep. and no one could start the game. Yep. Yeah, Vault Two was actually you know, free at one point, and uh, and there was just I tried yeah. to play it online, just even free, and I still couldn't play because there was just nobody available to play. So 
Yeah, I I legit think that's a bad idea if they're going to have somebody play the ghost. Yeah. I think it'd be much better. Like I said, I think it, it was something that was submitted to the dev board. They've got it pinned, but I don't know if it's actually something that they're going to work on. Wasn't one of the things like giving something for ghosts to do like you when you die? Yeah, that was another thing that was mentioned was uh, having some other abilities for you as a person who dies to either help the team or do something that can benefit you know, you as the dead player. So it's not just you're sitting around kind of running around and just watching. That's that's actually the roadmap for Among Us, too. Yeah, you could be, It'd be really guardian cool, angel. Like, yeah. Like one thing I can think of instantly is like if you're dead, right, just like the ghost can shut the door and seal it on people. If you're like the ghost person and you're there when the ghost tries to lock somebody and if you could actually open the door for them when human players can't. Like the ghost slams the door shut and you're able to grab it and swing it back open again. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Or if the ghost also you know, comes after you, like if, if the ghost has aggression to other ghosts, so you could try and like lure the ghost away to help people. You know, though, <clears throat> the the more fun would be trolling because, you know, the other day when I died, these MFers <laughs> said, oh, let's go in there and take a picture of his corpse. Oh, we're going to stamp him. They, they damn near got down and got self. They didn't take selfies with me, my dead corpse, but they damn near did that. If I were a corpse, uh, if I were a ghost and could move stuff, I'd be like throwing like the blocks at him or the voodoo dolls. And that was the other thing too, that we I mentioned think that'd be cool too. at the beginning is that what if, uh, as a ghost, if you're dead, that like the ghost readings that you're trying to, that the team is trying to do, like you would actually interfere with them. Like they'd pick you up. So like they're thinking the room is a certain room, but since you walked by them, the EMF goes off and they think it's the ghost, but it's yes. really just you. So well, well, there's that, a 50, 50 chance of you being on the ghost side or the player <laughs> side after you die. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, and I, I think what Zycio saying here was really cool. What Mike was saying was that EMF could pick you up and give false readings to them. Yeah. Uh, even if you're trying to be helpful. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome spirit box that would be really cool if you could like have a set of text responses that you could respond to uh respond with i should say um that you could trigger the motion sensors and really just like throw off their game while while they're trying to find the real ghost and then you're triggering stuff i mean i don't think it would be fair if it triggered stuff to the extent that would count as one of the defining features of a ghost, like you, sh- you shouldn't do freezing temperatures. You shouldn't be able to write the, the ghost journal. You shouldn't be able to. Um, well, I guess that throws off the spirit box right yeah, there. There would be there would be some interesting things they could do with it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like I said, one person making the game uh, I and mean, it's already in a good state. I mean, I think, you know, we always want something better. And I think it's in a it's a great state that it's in now, even if it's is kind of janky. Um, even if they don't fix any of this stuff or even, you know, add anything, I'm still happy with it. I'm still gonna be playing it, at least for this month while Ecstatic. it's, you know, you know, October. So, um, yeah. So anyway, yes. that's Phasmophobia 1399 on steam. Definitely check it out. It's definitely, if you're, if you're interested and don't want to play it, you just want to watch it. It's all, it's all over Twitch. You can Twitch and YouTube. You can watch all kinds of videos. We've actually posted a few videos ourselves. So feel free to go check those out. Uh, did you play something else, uh, Phoenix this time? Absolutely. Did you actually did do your homework and well, actually play something else? <laughs> well, no, I didn't do my homework so much as I could not play Dead by Daylight. So I went ahead and played something else while watching you guys play Dead by Daylight. And I played my friend Pedro. And 
this is something that it's an older game. And some people may remember it like, oh, my friend Pedro is a banana. That's what they remember the banana. And that's all fine and good. But I mean, that's not the important part here. The important part is that this is a fun little game with I don't want to say it's a 2D platformer because it's more than that. They have different kind of modes as you go through, but you. It's a shoot 'em up. Yeah. Generally, it's a shoot 'em up. Uh, You have guns. Uh, you can do acrobatics while doing those guns. You can slow down time while yeah. firing at people. Physics is huge in them. that game. You can kick other things at them and either distract them or take them out. Uh, you can dodge. You can do like this ballet and, and kind of dodge around bullets as they're shooting at you and then shoot them. You can split your fire from one side to the other and kind of like target one guy on one side and then target on the other side it's it is a dual stick shooter in some ways that the left stick is your movement the right stick is your aiming other than the you know the split aim very fun it's very easy to pick up and just play 10 15 minutes of it knock out a couple of levels go away from it come back later super good for sass syndrome short attention span syndrome it's 19.99 on steam I'm not going to go into it much more than that. It's uh, uh, it's free on uh, Game Pass, or at least it was. I will say that game, oh, I did play another it. Another one I purchased. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's why you get installed. There's an extension. This is a tidbit. There's an extension. If you have the same problem, if you suffer from the same symptoms that Phoenix does, you can go onto Chrome and install an extension that will check your Steam library versus the Game Pass and make sure that before you purchase the game on Steam, that if it's available on Game Pass, it'll let you know. So... It's out there. Go look for it. It's great. Oh, I was wrong. I didn't purchase it on Steam. I played it on Game Pass. Oh, okay, good. But still, so, that, is a, that is still a good public service announcement. Yeah. But it only works if you go to Steam on your browser. Yeah. It does yeah, not yeah. work in the Steam in app. In the Steam store, right. So the one yeah. thing I will say about that game, and I played it before, was uh, it reminds me, it's basically Deadpool Simulator. So the the initial <laughs> yes. beginning of Deadpool, where it's like all bullet time, and he's just kind of just shooting all crazy. That is this game through and through. I've seen a couple of gifts. It was really interesting is a player basically kicked a frying pan into the air and he was above the other level and he kicked it. So it went down. And as as the frying pan went down, he slowed down time. He shot the bull, uh, the bullets at the frying pan, which then reflected back off the frying pan and then back into the enemy underneath them. Uh, so it was kind of like a really cool like jump. And then, you know, do that kind of stuff. So it's really neat. I would definitely check it out. Phys- game. Physics simulator. Yeah. Physic- Deadpool physics simulator. Yeah, that's basically it. So my friend Pedro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get in. Steam free on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. So let's get into some news, some news shorts for the, the people with the short attention span. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is Ready Player Two. If you're interested in the first one, the first book, uh, Ready Player One, if you're familiar, uh, Ernest Klein wrote a book it's based in the 80s about a player adventure uh, that a player basically in the futuristic world where like uh, a, a company like Oculus or something like that has their own. They're called the Oasis, has a huge area where everybody joins online, plays VR. A kid finds a task uh, and basically finds the Easter egg that the guy had created to basically take over the company. And uh, it's a it's an Easter egg that everybody's hunting. And, and it's a great story. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, um, great book. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Kind of, in a way. Uh, so 
that uh, okay. really great book. I definitely recommend reading the book. The movie, uh, it did okay. It, it didn't really nail it for me, but most movies don't for books. Um, but he did announce at Comic-Con, uh, New York Comic-Con recently, that he's actually got a uh, part two in the works, uh, that it has been announced, and that basically it's going to take place uh, kind of after he takes uh, the... After the, the book ends, I'm not going to go into it, but basically he has a two in the works and uh, that it's coming. So we'll see that book here in the near future. So as Phoenix, I am the prototypical bird that rises from the ashes. But to rise from the ashes, that means you got to burn up and you got to become ashes. So that unfortunately means that sometimes I am the bearer of bad news. And one of those, and we talked about loss of jobs before. And again, I don't want to be too <laughs> flippant about this. Uh, but Blizzard has come up in the news again for loss of jobs. And I say again, because last year was they were infamous is probably the right word where they cut eight hundred jobs last year, despite having record profits. Eight hundred jobs. One hundred and thirty four of those jobs around May ish 2019. Were from their French office. Of. Uh, Versailles. And. That was a there was a third of their 400 people that they just flat out laid off. And the, the rest of the time, now this has been ongoing things since that whole time it went all the way into this year where those 134 were fighting against this. Cause they're saying, well, you can't say you laid us off because of economic things because yeah, your stock was down, but you had record profits and oh my God, as soon as you laid us off and the other, the rest of the 800 people, your stock went up. Like, obviously this is not an economic thing. So there was a whole proceeding with that, uh, especially with some of the French laws, understandably so. And this French office did a number of things with, uh, you know, doing voiceovers and localization as well as, you know, being able to, you know, do some of the QA, some of the other items that they needed done for their games, especially in the Europe area. So they continued into this year. And then the rest of the staff, Blizzard kept saying, oh, well, what we're going to do, especially because of Brexit, that we're going to move you into the London office. Well, time continues on. And here we go until just a couple of days ago, uh, not quite a week ago, where they said, nope, we're closing the office and all of you are fired. Nice. Because of COVID-19, we can't uh, we, we can't move you. We can't move you to the London office. I mean, much less <laughs> the fact that they could like remotely go there. Granted, yes, with Brexit, there would be some, you know, currency issues, some tax issues. There would be a whole bunch of issues because they're not part of the European Union anymore. And yeah, it would be more complicated, but they cited because of, 
you know, Brexit because of the COVID that because of those twin factors that the they're going to close out that office. So the rest of those 400 people now are getting laid off. Uh, that is absolutely terrible news, especially for, uh, you know, one of the largest game companies in the world. And I get consolidations. I get moving things around, but this is not like where technology is making your job obsolete. This is not where your job's no longer needed. This is well, because of the current economic and sociological and run economy that's going on right now, it just is cost effective for us to close your office and figure out the legal stuff from there. Uh, it's, it's, it's distasteful. Uh, it, it's just putting a bad taste in my mouth. Makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Um, speaking of bad taste in people's mouths, I guess let's go back to some <laughs> NVIDIA news. <laughs> Um, this one's not as bad as the previous ones, I guess. It's it's a little comical, really. Like, it's like negative news, but it's also just funny because of how ridiculous it is. Uh, so obviously, NVIDIA has been plagued with terrible uh, launches um, for the 3080 and the 3090. Lots of terrible PR, horrible stock, um, horrible issues Bots. with sellers, scalpers, etc. Everything's everything's bad. Just, it's just all been bad. Well, to add insult to injury uh, to themselves... Um, NVIDIA essentially threw up their hands and they were like, screw it. We fucked up. We fucked up again. We fucked up a third time and now we quit. <laughs> um, so they're not even going to be selling their RTX 3080 and 39 Founders Editions anymore on their own website. They've actually totally given up. They're like, our website sucks. We know it sucks. We finally are willing to admit that we suck. Best Buy is where you can buy these now. We're done. And they just threw in the towel it was just like everything is just so bad. They're just like, we're done. We, we give up. It's over. So if you're looking forward to that 3070 in like a week or whatever it is, Godspeed, because you can only get it at Best Buy. And guess what? Guess what also sucks? That website. So you're screwed. Uh, Next. Speaking <laughs> of things that typically do suck, uh, and most people don't even go to these kind of stores anymore, but uh, GameStop. GameStop's a, a thing that's also going to take a hit with these new uh, these new. Uh, platforms coming out with none of disk drives like that's the games that they sell is usually disk like that's what they do uh so a new news press uh, new press release came out and said that microsoft is actually going to have a partnership with gamestop on the shares of their xbox digital revenues so buried in this article this is actually a ars technica article uh, basically it's a multi-year strategic partnership with microsoft and that GameStop and Microsoft will both benefit from the customer acquisitions and lifetime revenue values of each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem. So what does that mean? It means that they get a couple of every digital slice for the lifetime of every GameStop sold Xbox console could be a significant boom for the GameStop bottom line. So ultimately, they're not going to be selling discs anymore, but they're still going to be getting a cut with Microsoft from just the games itself. Oh, no. So... Pretty wild. I guess that'll keep GameStop afloat. Yeah, and I think there was some other things with GameStop recently, too, where uh, a lot of people freaked out thinking that GameStop was suddenly going to become like a Microsoft store. Uh, and Microsoft's not interested in physical stores anymore. They've yeah. been closing their physical they're, stores. They're a think geek store, really, is what they are now. So, <clears throat> Well, yeah, I mean, GameStop bought them a long time ago, but uh, there was this whole like, 
business thing that happened that people thought that uh, GameStop was going to start selling like all Microsoft products and everything. And that, that wasn't it. It was um, kind of a different news thing where simply GameStop was going to standardize and use Microsoft products like the Office 365 and, uh, you know, a Microsoft Surface perhaps for a point of sale. It was just going to be their back end accounting and everything else was going to be on Microsoft products. They were not going to start selling Microsoft products. So that caused a lot of confusion as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Microsoft uh, has also recently announced that um, Xbox Game Pass, they are determined to bring it to iOS. They say that it's going to happen. Um, obviously, iOS and getting game services on there uh, is not a thing right now. They're they're very specific about it. They say it is impossible. They will not do it. However, um, both Amazon and Microsoft believe they can pull it off um, via the use of uh, browser-based applications in order to do it. And um, they think that they're going to be able to push that out um, in like the next year or so. So that's something to look forward to. They may be able to get it there. I don't know what kind of games would be would would function for that. Um, obviously, I don't know how big that catalog would be because I don't know exactly what in the Xbox Game Pass catalog is covered by iOS um, OS like systems. But we'll see. I mean, it's something that they're definitely trying to push for so that they can once again be inclusive of all platforms. Yep. Well, that's good. Uh, hate to be the continued bearer of bad news. Uh, this one might actually at, be good. Well, yeah, <laughs> at least this bad news isn't affecting a lot of people. And that's that Crucible is shutting down. Who? Right, exactly. <laughs> Crucible is a game that was created by Amazon and hosted on the Amazon who? Web Services, Crucible. No, what, who made the game? <laughs> oh, man. Right, Amazon making it. Now, this is a game that, uh, when I saw the gameplay of it, I very much thought Battlefront, or no, not Battlefront. <laughs> Battleborn? Uh, Battleborn by Gearbox. Uh, uh, also, not one that most people would remember. If anything, you could almost think it's kind of Overwatch-ish, but a little bit less tight as far as the maps go. Uh, a little bit more open, but you have two different teams. You have uh, very character-based options with different abilities. First-person shooter, sci-fi bouncing around different like effects you can do blinking things like that and it was something that after years in a development it was released in may of this year in july they decided to take it out of release and back into beta oh my. which i don't think i've heard of that being done before so that in and of itself is pretty impressive and well, now they've just decided to cancel it. And they said. Uh, the Verge is reporting on this. 
And they said, if you're in the closed beta, you'll still be able to play the game in some form for a short while. In some form. Uh, the developers will be hosting a final playtest and community celebration in the next few weeks. And once that's done, matchmaking will be disabled. You'll be able to play in custom games, which are expected to be available in the coming days. So they're adding new custom games at the end of the life cycle. Okay, whatever. Until 3 p.m. Eastern on November 9th. And then at that time, they're completely shutting everything down. Now, on a positive side, for those early adopters and beta testers that spent their time and were interested and passionate about this game, because somebody, people did like this game. There were people out there that liked this game. Who? And they sunk money into it because, like most games these days, they had some type of thing where you could pay for cosmetic enhancements and things like that. So they did say that there will be offering a full refund for any purchases that you might have made, which I think is admirable. To the say the least. For a game that was kind of doomed from the get-go, for a company that is known for hosting things on their servers and had such problems hosting this, such network problems when it first came out, uh, Demurin is pretty passionate about that. Was yelling about it earlier today. But yeah, they are shuttering. They're closing doors. Uh, I now, unlike some of the other unhappy things that we said, in this case, the developers that worked on this are actually going to just move over to different projects that Amazon's working on including their new MMO that is going to be coming out. Uh, they're going to be uh, recycling people over to New World mm -hmm. to work on that, especially since New World has had some delays and it's set to launch in spring of 2021. Also, some of them will also be going on to the Pac-Man Live Studio, which is a version of Pac-Man that you can play directly on Twitch. Shocker that Amazon is working on games with heavy Twitch integration since they're the same company. You mean Prime Gaming? <laughs> Prime Gaming. There you go. I played a lot of New World, and let me tell you, unless Crucible's team was 2,000 people strong, that game is doomed <laughs> if it's releasing in spring. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, but it'll, it'll be On to a game that we all hope isn't doomed in any shape or form. Uh, yes. That we, some of us have played already that are here, if not all of us at this point. Um, Baldur's Gate um, is is obviously out, and someone has completed a speed run of the early act. Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's Gate three. Fair enough. Um, so the speed run was seven minutes, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything in the game. Um, so I'm not going to give details on where they did the specific things that they did. But it involved the transmutation jump spell, um, a specific area of the game, and a well um, with one investigation check. Um, and by using this transmutation spell to make themselves capable of jumping um, three times the normal height, they were capable of scaling certain parts of the map, which landed them at a specific area that if they pass an investigation check, 
they could enter into a specific other area that would allow them to reach the end of the act um, with absolutely no levels gained um, and nothing really done, but in an extraordinarily short amount of time. Um, the person took roughly 200 tries to pull it off, I believe, and uh, they did it. So there you go. Speed run, seven minutes, act speed one. Speed run in a game um, that I think doesn't require a speed run. <laughs> I mean, this is like we're talking about a game that you should be spending your time on, reading the lore, really <sighs> enjoying the world, and there's always a speed run for it, I guess. <laughs> always a speed yeah, run. Yeah, but so. that's that's just gonna trip their trigger even more if it's a game that isn't meant for a speed run. That's true. Uh, I mean, they're they're gonna find a way to skip those unskippable dialogue lines. What's really interesting about all of it is um, the company behind. Baldur's Gate 3, they're, they're very specific about what they're doing with their early access. And they're collecting a lot of data. The, the analytics built into the game alone uh, is ridiculous. So every person that does a speed run essentially feeds them more data that they can use to patch these things up to make it so that people have to play through the game <laughs> appropriately. And this is something they intend to do. Like or, One of the funny things they... Go ahead. Or allow them to, like, skip past something if, you know, it is sufficiently creative enough and makes sense. Correct. Yeah, and, and they're using this data. One of their first announcements in one of their patches was uh, an insult to their community, actually, which was great. They took the most common character pieces that people used, and they showed the character that was generated. And it was just a super generic dude. <laughs> Like, as generic yeah. as you can possibly think. We're talking, like, your run-of-the-mill, like, like, actor in like, the background scenes of a movie. Like a like, cis white male. Yeah, just, like, basic white dude, like, brown short hair, like, nothing interesting about him whatsoever. And they were like, what is wrong with you guys? We gave you hundreds of different kinds of everything. Hair, tattoos, horns, skin tails. colors, horns, tails, and have all the things you guys do <laughs> is this. And then they were just like, we're disappointed in you guys. Yeah. Do something JK. with your life. So somebody did. They beat the game in seven minutes so they can get to work now and focus on things not related to a character. Right. I, I think one of the other great things about that update is that they, that they showed and not a great, a lot of detail. So as, again, to avoid spoilers, they showed a heat map of deaths of where people have died in some of the beginning areas, which was really cool to see the amount of data that they're getting out of this similar to how they did with divinity, original sin one and two, uh, the amount of data that they're getting out of this to make the game better before it actually releases is super cool. Again, uh, this is in early access. This is not technically released yet. However, it is available on steam for full price of $59.99, but yet early access. So yep. up to you whether you want to wait or whether you want to play just the first chapter over and over again like some of us are. Yep. So with that being said, that'll wrap up our short news for the day, short attention news. Uh, we're going to get into our emails, which we don't have. So if you are interested in sending us an email or even giving us your opinion on however you feel about anything uh, or even your speed runs of Baldur's Gate 3 or even your phasmophobia great uh, uh, scares, uh, send those over to us. It's uh, GOA at SASGaming.com. So GOA for game uh, got our attention at SASGaming.com. 
Uh, and that's what got our attention this week. So obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we encourage you to check out our t- uh, Twitch on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. That's when we do this live. Uh, one of the perks that you guys get is during our intermission, we actually give you guys a time to, to give us questions, you know, respond to us. We talk to you guys in the chat. Uh, so it's just a little perk that you can do. Uh, and also we have these on YouTube. So if you are interested in watching the, the live version and you don't have time to watch that on a Thursday night, uh, we do post these back on uh, YouTube. One of the things we have been doing recently that we're starting to get into is uh, Phoenix is actually cutting short segments of each of our our full our full podcast. So that way, if you're interested just in the cyberpunk update, you can watch that video. Or if you're interested in just the shorts, we can watch that as well. So lots of things we're doing. We're trying to shake things up. We're trying to, you know, obviously we're listening to the feedback from you guys of what you guys like and what, uh, you know, you think that would be better. So we're trying to make that happen. Uh, so anyway, with that being said, uh, my links, I'm Zycia. So on Twitch, it's Zycia. I also have, um, you know, my sk- uh, Shocktober that I'm doing for the rest of this month. Tomorrow night, I'm playing Blair Witch. So tomorrow night, Friday, uh, October 16th, I'm playing Blair Witch uh, starting at 8 p.m. Uh, this will probably be a lot better than Alien uh, Isolation, most likely. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. So check it out. We'll be there. Like I said, it's a charity event for Able Gamers Charity. So I'll help out some disabled kids playing video games. So uh, anyway, that's my link. So Bruno, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm Phoenix Nova. And somehow I think I'm going to get roped into the idea of making a super cut of Parker the Cat Cam Cuts for Day Drinker. Who knows? Maybe I'll put that out there on YouTube as well. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Phoenix Nova. That's P H O E N N I X Nova. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch. Same thing, but an underscore between Phoenix and Nova. How about you, Demiron? What up? I'm Demiron. <laughs> you can find me at Demiron Gaming on Twitter or Demiron on Twitch. Uh, I stream very randomly right now, so yeah. catch me when you catch me, I guess, and I stream a little bit of everything. Yeah, we have a Discord. You guys can check it out there. We, uh, if you go to just sasgaming.com, uh, we have our links. Basically, it's a Linktree website that'll give you all the links that we have uh, for us. So uh, We also did just create a, a Reddit, uh, SAS, Gamer Reddit uh, SAS Gaming Reddit, so r slash SAS Gaming. Uh, we'll be posting a lot of our content on there as well, so if you're into Reddit and you want to follow us that way, that works too. So anyway, uh, until next week, you guys have a, a great safe week. Obviously, wear a mask still. It's still not over, guys. Uh, obviously, go vote if you have time to vote or if you can vote. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all take care. Stay safe, y'all. Deuces. <laughs>